Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining today on the Digging Deeper podcast. Uh, you are with Brian Wilmarth today, and it's just me um, going solo today. So, uh, yeah, and if you're a new listener, thanks for joining uh, in, in this podcast journey. Um, we hope that the Digging Deeper podcast can help us just explore the sermons from Sunday morning here at New Life just a little bit more deeply, um, kind of open up the conversation in a wider way that maybe we couldn't on a Sunday morning. And so we just hope that this is a kind of a midweek check-in, follow-up, and and um, deeper exploration in in the stuff that we're talking about every Sunday. So yeah, we hope that uh, this uh, this podcast is helpful for you. And um, yeah, our our hope and prayer is that we're we're continuing the conversation in a variety of ways uh, throughout the week. So uh, yeah, this is just one of those tools to do that. So again, thanks for listening. We're, we, uh, we hope it's helpful and we're honored by the fact that you jump on and uh, take a listen each week that you do. So uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, today it's just it's just me and and I'm gonna share some reflections and thoughts both on the sermon itself, but then also some of the prep process and and things like that. So um, in case you don't know, but we've talked about it before, we have a preaching team, and uh, each week this team will meet. We will discuss the sermons that are upcoming, and we're doing. Um, different parts of the preparation process that a pastor or preacher goes through, we're doing that all together. And so we're actually reading the text a few weeks out and we're reading the passage and, and digging into it and trying to understand what what did it mean? What it, What's its original meaning, original intent? What did Paul or whoever the author was, um, what was he trying to go after? And we do the hard work of trying to understand what is God saying back then and then we make the jump eventually, um, a week later, usually, where we're like, okay, this is what it meant back then. Now, what does it mean for us? And how do we bridge, and that's the language we use, how do we bridge the contexts? Because this was written 2,000 or more years ago. Um, and so we're in a different time and place. How do we then move that text from back then to today? And then um, it's my job or whoever's preaching to take all of that conversation that we've had together and uh, present an outline. And here's here's what we think the sermon um, should look like. And and lead. I lead a conversation through that and get feedback. Hey, team, what, what am I missing? What could be better? What's really strong? Um, you know, just to kind of get them all involved in that. So that's kind of our, our preaching team process. And then we evaluate uh, the, the Tuesday after. Um, and we talk about the sermon from Sunday and, and what went well, what could have been better, that kind of stuff. So we do all of that, which... Um, I find so helpful as a preacher. Like I, I appreciate getting feedback in in very specific ways, and um, just getting a, a group of people to engage in all of that. So it's pretty pretty awesome. I love the process. It's it's been so helpful for me. So anyway, um, for this particular sermon, you know, last Sunday, um, the week before, I actually got sick. And so uh, I wasn't feeling well, and it happened on Tuesday, which is when our preaching team currently meets. And so we ended up canceling preaching team. So uh, we didn't have our usual meeting and therefore our usual conversation. Um, so I did a little bit of you know that work on my own in in this instance, and um, 
I just, I share that one to kind of share how our, our preaching team process goes, but then how I'm, I'm looking at this particular sermon from Sunday um, and feeling like, man, I, I just, I missed uh, having those people engage with me on on the material and, and on the sermon uh, outline and all that kind of stuff. So, and I don't know that it was bad. Like, um, or you might think it was bad, but who knows? You know, um, but I, I, I just like, as I got through the week, I was like, Oh, just, I felt that, that missing piece for me. Um, uh, I longed for that conversation from the group. And, uh, so like, yeah, I, I, uh, I just share that. And, and to say, you know, I'm curious if you did notice anything a little bit different or not, maybe that's cool, but, um, yeah, what, what did you think of this particular message compared to some of the other ones? And did you see a little bit of the difference? Um, maybe not, maybe it was subtle enough, but, um, yeah, I, I just share that to, to emphasize how much I value personally, and I hope our church values, the collaborative nature of preaching and the preparation process. And this is the mechanism that we have to do that all together. So um, preaching is meant to be uh, a collaborative effort. It is not meant to be just someone by themselves. Granted, I'm trained and, and I've been um, taught how to do this well, and, and arguably that makes me you know, someone who, who, who is equipped to do it in a unique kind of way, but that doesn't mean I've got it all figured out. And so I really appreciate the group of people who, who help us come along and uh, make our preaching better. So I, I share all that just so you know, uh, a little bit more of our process and even what happened in this particular week. But then I also want to you know transition then to that opening illustration that I use. So Cody's not here. And so I'm going to throw him under the bus a little bit. And uh, um, he, he, he provided the, the feedback. It's like, yeah, I just don't know if that was the best you know illustration. It kind of felt like maybe it was just an illustration to throw one in there. And to be completely honest, it probably was. So like my, my hope in, um, in using that illustration of Michael Jordan, just as a reminder. So this was the whole, um, you know, nineties, I grew up in the nineties and everybody, you know, seemed like Michael Jordan was such a cultural phenomenon and, and even Nike leveraged that to say, Hey, be like Mike. And I, I shared all of that to say like, that concept of we want to be like other people. Uh, we have people that we look up to, idols, if you will, um, people that we want to follow their example. Like that is a true thing. And that's what Paul in some ways was leveraging in our text. So it makes sense, if you will, but is that really the strongest illustration or whatever? Cody's probably right. It, it, it's maybe not the best best use of a few minutes or whatever, but hopefully it did get the, the idea on the table regardless of how strong that illustration was. But I, I share that one to make fun of myself and, and you know, have a little fun with that. But um, that illustration, you know, I, I had thought of that kind of on my own, didn't have the preaching team feedback and all that kind of stuff. And it probably did the job fine. You might think like, oh, yeah, I, I got it. That makes sense. And OK, kind of cool. Um, or you might be like, yeah, why, why did you tell me that? That was just not worth it, <laughs> you know, and all that stuff. Um, but I, 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 I leverage that as a moment just to say, man, there's such value when we are able to collaborate together and do things in team because they can help sharpen. It's like, oh, well, maybe that Michael Jordan example or illustration isn't quite what's best there. Um, maybe what about this one? Or, or think of more like, and, and it maybe could have pre, um, presented a better idea and we would have been able to do that together. So yeah, anyway, hopefully that's just a little insight into the, the process and kind of how do how should we be evaluating um, sermons and thinking about that? Because, you know, an illustration, a story or an example, you know, those might 
stick in our minds, but do they further the idea of that particular section of the sermon or, or the big idea, the whole idea of the sermon? Um, that's how we want to think about stories, illustrations, examples, images, analogies, all that kind of stuff. It's got to serve the meaning of the sermon and the meaning of the scriptures. Um, so, you know, just a little bit of uh, fodder there for you to chew on. So thinking about then the big idea, um, for this particular week, um, the big idea, and hopefully you will remember this, is give your life to Jesus and for others. Give your life to Jesus and for others. And, and I think that summarizes the heart of what Paul is going for and what uh, the kind of person he's he's wanting the Colossians and wanting us to reflect on. What is this mature, deep follower of Jesus? Well, someone who gives of their life, like gives away their life to Jesus first and foremost. We give all of it to him and it belongs with him. That is what it means to follow Jesus. But then that leads us to serve other people. It's to work for the benefits of others. It's it's we're leveraging our lives. We're giving away our lives for others. And I think that's kind of the heart of what Paul in the whole letter is getting at and in this particular set of verses. Um, so I just kind of want to reflect on on the text a little bit more with you and um, think about what what Paul was trying to get at. And so there were two major components to the sermon this week, and it was um, fleshing out this idea of what does it what does it look like for us to give our lives to Jesus and others. Well, first, it means to be Jesus centered, and I think the way you know Paul kind of works it out. He's leveraging his own life, um, offering himself as an example or exemplar, someone to f- like emulate or, or learn from. And so he, he himself was Jesus centered. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that, um, everything in Paul's life was so oriented to Jesus. And the image that, that comes to my mind, and we even talked about this in, uh, in preaching team a little bit. It's like, it's like a circle or an orbit. So, you know, the, the earth orbits the sun. It's the same kind of thing. Like everything revolves around Jesus as center. He's in the middle of the circle and everything's going around and, and orienting to that center. And so, um, that it strikes me that that's, that's what it means in, in an image form of what it means to follow Jesus, to have him at the center. So like, what does that look like? Um, and I'm even trying to figure this out and, and trying to get more specific and concrete on some of these things. But like, you know, do, how do I make my decisions? That's, that's one of the first things that I think of. Am I making my decisions just however I want? Or am I evaluating them in a different kind of way? You know, sometimes when um, when we begin following Jesus, we we just kind of do what we're used to, and and as we learn and grow, we begin to think about different aspects of life. Um, you know, in, in different kinds of ways. And I think there's some stereotypes of like, you know, what kind of things do you say and joke around about, you know, what, what comes out of your mouth, your words, your speech, you know, no, you don't swear or cuss. So, okay. Like those are, those are good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and they're very specific kinds of things, but it, it goes deeper than just, you know, what are the kinds of things we talk about or we don't swear and, uh, we avoid certain, you know, substances or whatever. Like, yeah, those are good. But, how are we spending our time? Uh, where are we giving our energy and attention? Um, is it just to th- things that I care about or that fill me up or that are self-interested? 
or am I am I orienting my decisions, my time, my my focus on on things that you know Jesus cares about? Because that's that's one thing for me. Do I care about the things that Jesus cares about? And maybe that's a good question for you to reflect on. Um, what are the things that I care about? Does Jesus care about those things? Are they the things that that He's most um, concerned about? And and you might be wondering, it's like, what what are those things? Here's my challenge. I and I don't want to just you know throw out the answer because I'm still learning it myself. But w- what are the things that Jesus cares about? Go search the scriptures and see what what is it that Jesus cared most about. And uh, a couple that do come to mind, he cared about people. Um, he he himself died for us as people. Like he died for the world. He died for the very physical creation itself. But um, first and foremost, he died for us. He wants his image bearers to to be restored. And so he died for us. And so he cares about people. And he cares especially about the least of these, the marginalized, those who are on the outside, those who don't fit in, um, the quote-unquote insiders, those who maybe are, are according to the world standards, may set up to win and um, they've, got, they've got life kind of figured out or, or they've got the, the tools and the resources to be successful and all that kind of stuff. Be, you know, th- those people, yes, he cares about them, but you know, they almost get a taste of, of goodness and, and they have what they need and all that kind of stuff. But man, the, the poor... Um, those who are in the minority, those who are oppressed. Jesus cares about them. Do we? Do we care about them? Do we see them? Sometimes, you know, those, those kinds of people, whoever you're thinking of, they might be the kinds of people that's like, I just I don't want to see them or I don't want to be around them. I want to be comfortable. And we wouldn't say that, would we? But as I'm reflecting, like there have been times where I, you know, avoid certain kinds of people because they're uncomfortable or they're hard to deal with or whatever. Like, oh man, that's, that's not what Jesus did. He went to those people. So are we, are we letting him challenge us in our assumptions, in the ways that we, we think about um, life and, and what we care most about? Are we allowing Jesus to challenge that? That's what it means to be Jesus-centered. We allow him to, to dictate the terms, to set the, the agenda, to, to orient our lives. So, you know, like I would, I would begin to, to ask the question, like, what does Jesus care about? And, and search the scriptures and, and discern that with um, maybe with a group of people. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you've got a life group, a small group, and, and you can do that with them. Um, but I, I think we, we begin to have a different relationship to the aspects of life. The, the people in our lives, our, our families, our friends, um, doesn't mean we, we set them aside and, and just hold up with Jesus. Like, no, we actually push deeper into relationship with those, with our, the people in our lives. But, um, we, we have a different relationship. We have a different relationship to our work and our school. Um, we have a different relationship to our, our free time, our hobbies, our, our activities. Uh, we have a different relationship to our money. We have a different relationship to our stuff, our resources. Like that's some of the fruit that being Jesus-centered produces. And and some of these things that maybe feel really important, the the longer you walk with Jesus, you might look back in in 10 years and and on this moment and say, you know what, that just wasn't as important as I thought it was. Jesus is more important. And uh, therefore, right there, you're having a different relationship. 
But I would say one of the things that I've noticed in my own life and in the lives of others, especially those who I see as you know mature and, and they've walked with Jesus for a long time and bear fruit, um, there's a contentment, there's joy and gratitude, um, there's a humility and uh, a... Uh, a lack of of selfishness, self-centeredness. Like, man, these are just some of the things that I see in those who who walk with Jesus for a long time and let Him lead. This is kind of the fruit that they bear. So it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's it's the 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 virtue lists, if you will, in in, in the Scriptures. You know, it's it's seeing joy produce uh, in life. And so I don't know. I just I I throw all that kind of stuff out there to. Um, reflect on what does it look like for us to be Jesus centered. We care about the things that Jesus cares about. We begin to look more like Him. Um, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. We make decisions according to His values, His priorities, um, and above all, we just we we grow in love for Him. We love Him more. Um, you know, I just I'd, I'd encourage you if you've been walking with Jesus for a long enough period of time that you can kind of look back and and say, yeah, what what's different, and where do you see the the good fruit, or and where do you not? Um, maybe those are two two questions just to reflect on. Like, man, how can I how can I continue to push a little bit deeper into into all of this? And so again, that's kind of that was the first major movement of the sermon and and one of the major ideas to reinforce what does it look like for us to give our lives to Jesus? Well, it means Jesus being Jesus centered, but then that necessarily leads to the second one, which is being others oriented or or working for others benefit. And that was the language uh, in the sermon, because I think Jesus, if we're Jesus centered, we care about the things that Jesus cares about. We care about other people and that's, that's who he is. And so necessarily it leads us to care about other people's. We become less self-focused and we, we become more others focused. And so we quickly looked at um, Philippians 2. And it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because I love how Paul just paints the picture of the Christian life and the heart there. And, uh, you know, he says like we, we value others more than ourselves. And that doesn't mean we diminish ourselves. We think of ourselves as, as, Oh, we're, we're trash and we're, we're, we're at the bottom. Um, it's not quite that it's more, it's more putting others up. It's elevating others up. We, we have value because Jesus declares that we have value and we don't diminish that. But then we also, uh, simultaneously keep that where it is and bring the value others have in our minds and in our lives up so that they are above us and they we just care more about them and and so you know cultivating that posture and, and character trait of humility and again we i love the c.s lewis quote, quote excuse me um it's it's humility is not thinking uh less of ourselves but are thinking of ourselves less you know just the amount of time the amount of focus and energy like that that's kind of what um we're to do in humility and so it's just being more consumed by other people and caring about them. And so wanting to know their story and caring about what's going on in their lives, we, we just, we, we were oriented to that. We hurt when they hurt because we, our heart goes out to them and we, we, we feel alongside of them. We have that empathy. Uh, and I think that that is one of the, 
the biggest byproducts of humility is, is empathy. And I think that's so lacking in today's culture. Um, you know, we don't have empathy for one another. Uh, we don't put ourselves in their shoes. We don't feel alongside of them. We don't experience life alongside them. We don't know what life is like for them. And so empathy is, I think, a, a major byproduct of humility. And to be working for others' benefit, I think putting ourselves in their shoes. Um, and that's one thing I, I I think I've been taught along the way. Like I'm I'm trying to grow in that more and more. So cultivating that that posture and, and just putting myself in someone else's shoes, even in the middle of a conversation. You know, it's like, oh, what, what does this sound like to them right now? Just asking that question, you know, how do I come across? Even, even in a, you know, very benign, you know, just chit chat kind of conversation. Or maybe it's a really important conversation. Maybe there's some conflict or, or maybe there's some challenge that you're working through and um, you're just exploring something together and it's kind of hard. Imagine what is it like in their shoes? What does it feel like to them to hear me, you know, the way that I'm talking, what I'm saying, and just to be mindful of that. That's a, that's a great first step. Um, so yeah, maybe, you know, maybe that empathy, we hurt when they hurt, we feel what they feel, but we, we take joy too. We celebrate when they celebrate. Um, like we share in, um, we share in the things of life, uh, with them. But then we're also seeing like, man, where, where do they have needs? Where, where are, where's their lack in their lives? Where's their challenge? Like, how can I come alongside and be helpful? How can I spur them on sometimes in ways that maybe they don't want? Um, and we don't want to come in feeling like, oh, we've got it all figured out. We know what you need. We're the, the, you know, your savior and, and rescuer or whatever. That, that's Jesus. That's not us. Um, but we come in with maybe some wisdom or some insight and we offer it humbly and gently. Um, but we come in and, and, and share and share what we see and, um, do so very carefully. Um, not, not assuming that we've got it all figured out, but yeah, I just, I wonder if that, that kind of posture, how do we be helpful with what we can see when appropriate and in healthy kinds of ways? So, um, can we, can we offer our own lives, offer our time, our attention, our resources, our, our money, um, the things that we have, the, the relationships we have access to. Can we just leverage that for others' benefit? Whatever you might have, whatever God has blessed you with, talents, gifts, um, uh, you know, access to, to certain things, like can, can you leverage all of that for other people? That's, that's what Jesus did. He took his his divinity, his his um, his power, his, his his status. He sits on the throne. He took all of that and he leveraged it for us. He became he he set aside the the privileges of it, the prerogatives, the uh, the benefits, if you will. He set aside all that and took that power and he he gave it away for us. Essentially, like he he let it go to be submitted to death, and he submitted that for us. And that's, that's the posture of Jesus. Can we be the same kind of, of people that Jesus is? Um, and I think it means working for others' benefit. So these are some of the reflections that, you know, like I'm chewing on when it comes to all of this stuff. And um, I don't know if this is, a, you know, helpful enough for you. Um, these are just some of the musings or, or thoughts that I, I, I think on when I'm chewing on the, the message, the content there, like, um, as much as I'm, I'm preaching a message, 
Um, I'm preaching it to myself too. And, uh, I want to get better at that. Like, how do I hear it? Um, and, and benefit from it and learn from it just alongside all of you. So, um, I want to, I want to continue to pursue that and, and do my best to, to be learning alongside of you, even as I preach it. Um, but anyway, so like, these are just some of the things that I'm, I'm chewing on together with you. And, uh, I don't know, hopefully that some of that's helpful for you. Um, but this is the the kind of stuff that, that we want to be just chewing on. Cause that's what the scriptures are meant to be. They're meant to be something we, we, we chew on, we meditate on, we, we, we think on over and over and reread and reread and, and say, you know, like, Lord, help me to see in, in deeper, better ways with, with a lot of this stuff. So, um, that's, that's an act that we want to do together. Um, so maybe just a little bit more big picture. We're, the whole reason we're doing this series is, is because, uh, Colossians is very focused on maturity and depth in our Christian walk. I mean, we're, we're getting to that, um, in the heart of the letter, it's coming in the middle part of chapter two here. Like he, Paul is writing all this so that we, as the readers 2000 years later, but especially for the Colossians, like they, and we are, are growing deep with Jesus. And so the whole reason we're doing this series is because we feel that calling as a church that we want to go deep with Jesus. We want to disciple people and form them deeply to be Jesus centered and to allow that to really take hold of us. Um, and so that's, that's why we're going after it. So we're exploring what does it mean or look like to be fully mature in Christ? I mean, Colossians is going to paint a, a great picture when it's all said and done. Um, but there's so many other aspects in, in the rest of the scriptures that we want to just explore. And we're not going to try to be exhaustive in, in tackling all of it but can we get a few key elements that are going to be fairly comprehensive for us as a church to work towards a deep faith in Christ? Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're figuring that out and, and we're figuring out the mechanisms or the way that we can get there and, and how we equip one another to do that. Um, so I'm really excited for the work that this series is overall going to do for our church as we're entering in a new season of ministry. And so uh, we're thinking about that. We're, we're pondering and discerning, Lord, what is it? What does this look like together? So um, maybe just real quick, I want to talk about this next week. Um, so we've got an exciting Sunday. We've got baptisms and we have a number of people who are going to get baptized. So it's actually going to take a huge chunk of the service to do our baptisms. So uh, we're going to have still a worship set and um, sing some some songs together and worship in that way. We're also going to worship through hearing the scriptures. Um, and we're going to focus a bit more on baptism because um, in God's sovereignty, the next chunk of, of text in Colossians, it brings up baptism very briefly. But I think we're going to spend some time on that um, and that particular idea within the text. And then we'll come back to the whole of that chunk of scripture the following week. But um, I'm excited just to to baptize people, to, to celebrate with the work that God has been doing in our church family and in these individual lives. And uh, we get to, to hear a reminder about what baptism is and how it fits into the maturing Christian life. Um, so join us Sunday. We'd love to have you. It's probably going to be full. So, um, you know, just come in and, and experience what, uh, what good news God is, is doing in our midst and in people's lives. So we'd love to have you join us on Sunday morning. Um, and if you can't, that's okay. We do have it live streamed. And so you can always catch up that way too. But, uh, yeah, love to see you on Sunday, 10 o'clock and, uh, 
we're, we're excited about the work that God is doing. So thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I'm grateful to share these minutes with you. And, and I hope each and every week that it's helpful and uh, helps you ponder and explore the sermon with Jesus just a little bit more deeply. And uh, so thank you for making some time to join me today. And uh, I pray you have a great week and uh, enjoy the presence of the Lord each and every day. Thanks.